What a treat, what a treat, what a treat. We have Ashley Stinson with us today. She's the creatress of Energy Archaeology and the Realms of Embodiment, which is a framework for embodied awareness and self-healing that guides you to the inherent wisdom of your bones, muscles, fluid body, organs, nervous system, and DNA. Like what? She's a teacher, a mentor, a guide for embodied wisdom, energetic anatomy, and living a soul-aligned life with the context of your every day. I am hoping that this episode encourages you to deepen the relationship that you have with your body, get curious and start to familiarize yourself with the innate wisdom that your body holds and the million ways that it communicates with you each and every day. Like the work and the that Ashley does blows my mind. What she sees is like nothing I have ever um, heard of anyone else seeing. And rather than me tell you all about it, let's let Ashley do that herself. Ashley, you amazing and gifted healer and intuitive. How the bloody hell are you? I am really, really good today. And I'm super excited to be here talking to you. I'm so grateful because it, you, we just had this little uh, mini chat before that you jumped on and it's 7 p.m. where you are. It's currently <laughs> 11 a.m. here. So where are you currently in the world, Ashley? Like, So I'm outside of Charlottesville, Virginia, which is like East Coast USA, kind of midway between the top and the bottom. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And I follow yeah. you on Instagram and I'm getting little glimpses of your world and where you live. And it's so beautiful, like stunning. And you just mentioned that you were, had spent the day yesterday or today, was it like starting to build a chicken coop? <laughs> well, both days. Both yeah. Days. We, um, we have some chickens that we want to move into a permanent place who have kind of been roaming around our yard for the past year. So. Wow. <laughs> Yes. I love that. I love that. I can't wait to follow along with that as well. So, <laughs> Ashley, you are an energy archaeologist, right? Yes. That's probably the best term that you can put on it. <laughs> okay. So when you were first recommended to me as the healer or guide who could best support me with a particular situation that I was going through, I had never ever heard of an energy archaeologist and it blew my mind. Can you please share with us who you are and what it is that you actually do. Because honestly, I've never seen anyone in the healing realm, the web world or anything who does what you do. And having experienced it, it's like next level. So <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. You like you try it, you, you let us in. Years into this, I still don't have an elevator pitch for what I do <laughs> uh, because it's always growing and it's changing and it's developing. Um, but it is basically an adaptive body of work where I am able to look energetically at the human body, the human that I am working with, or if I'm working with a group of humans, kind of like what I call their collective body mm -hmm. and kind of see how things are flowing, not flowing, entangled, like a little bit stuck here, like all of the kind of ways that the energy is working and showing up in what I call the realms of embodiment. So it's kind of six different layers almost that the, that the 
physical body separates into for me energetically. So it is the realm of bone and foundation, muscle and connection, fluid and flow, organ, rhythm, and emotion, nervous system and frequency, and DNA and quantum. And so you can kind of hear in those names, like how each one has a physical component and an energetic component. And so when I'm working with people, I will either work what I call horizontally or laterally, and we will work within one realm. So if we're working only in the bone realm, we're really working into like the foundational energetic pieces that have influenced who we are in this lifetime. Sometimes during like one-on-one sessions, we will also kind of move between the realms where we almost follow like one string line, which is what I call the energy that I see. And we'll start somewhere. So we start in the organs and we'll follow how that one piece of energy, how that one frequency, that one feeling then kind of gets entangled in the bones and then the DNA and the um, the muscle, how it's not flowing to the muscle or something like that. And we'll kind of almost like unwind one piece throughout all of them. So when I create programs, they work very horizontally. Like I have a program for the muscles, one that I'm teaching for the bones right now. Um, but whenever I work individually with people, it really depends on what they need. It's a lot. I'm just sitting here with my hands on my temples, trying to absorb everything that you have just spoken about. And I mean, I have experienced this and um, I do want to acknowledge that really early on in this episode. And since our session that was remote, obviously, because you are based in the US, I have never Mm -hmm. had the discomfort or experienced the issue in the same way that I did then do you remember that session do you remember I do. okay do you want to talk can we talk on that a little bit just so that people can sort of get the um like the scope of how it sort of works and then how your knowledge actually interpreted and you know like it benefited me so that because I mean when Lauren Alita from Inner Hue pointed me towards you I was like I don't know how this is going to work but when I reached out to Ashley I was experiencing immense um like tightening in my chest like it felt like someone was strangling my heart and there was nothing that I could do about it I was doing all of my breathing work and this was lasting for a really long time like and I couldn't do anything there was nothing that I could do in terms of my toolbox that was supporting mm-hmm. me to shift it. And that's when I reached out to you, right? Yes. Yeah. And I don't remember all of the details of like where we went and exactly what we did while we were unwinding things. But I do remember we worked a lot in the organ realm. And I think particularly like the fluid and flow realm and like a little bit in the bones also, I feel like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. And especially that you were seeing all of these things and the unwinding, like, okay, we're going to talk about that. But (laughs) I remember you saying that you could see that like, it was like my, the flow of my blood or something was going at right angles where it should be, you know, flowing freely or Mm -hmm. something like that. But okay. So the unwinding, what do you, like, what are you speaking towards when you refer to something as the unwinding? I love that question. I use the, I use the word a lot. So actually thank you for giving me the moment to like sort of define what I mean whenever I say that. 
And essentially it kind of refers to those string lines that I was talking about. So with you, we were pretty much tuned into like one frequency that this is the thing that is kind of really um, keeping the flow from, for lack of a better word, flowing from feeling that, like really feeling the constriction in the chest and around the heart. And so it's almost like I kind of pick up like the, the edge of a frequency, almost like you're kind of unraveling a sweater or untangling something from around the actual physical part of the body that it's in. And we're just kind of like pooling and following and watching where it's going and, you know, seeing where it's leading us next. And sometimes it'll almost like release and resolve. And we have unwound that particular thing from the body. Um, and it'll kind of show us like then the next piece that we're unwinding. Because what I find is whenever we use words like I'm stuck, I'm blocked, I can't move forward, like I feel like trapped in this thing, there actually is an energetic piece that it's not really that we're stuck or we're blocked. It's just that we're kind of, it's like it's tangled up. It's, it's keeping the body and the energy in the body from doing what it really wants to do. But the flip side of that is that usually it's there in place, like whatever it is that I'm seeing, because at one point in time, it was helpful. It was useful. Like the body had kind of created this compensation where this is how it needed the energy to work. This is how it had to flow because of the circumstances of our life or the people that we were around or, you know, anything that really has us kind of compensating for the natural way that our energy wants to be in this world. So like anytime we start making ourselves smaller or we start changing bits of ourselves or, you know, anything that we do throughout this lifetime, making ourselves bigger to be seen, you know, like there's so many different circumstances, but it's like the energy adapts to that and it begins to flow and kind of build itself in a specific way. And then when that's not serving us any longer, when it's not helpful, it's not as easy as the body just being like, oh, don't need this piece anymore. So it's like, then we kind of feel that tangle and we feel the stuckness and we feel the way that it's not serving. But like you were saying, we don't always know then how to actually address it. Like it's really kind of hard to get to the root of that if we don't understand what the root of it is. And so when I'm untangling or unwinding something, what we're doing essentially is tracing it back to the root and where it is in the body tells me a lot about what that root is. Oh, I could listen to you speak on that all day. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that, you know, that these, um, these points, like whether they're the pain points or these issues or these blockages that they once served us, like they weren't formed out of spite or out of um, like they were damaged or something's wrong with us. Mm -hmm. These triggers or, um, you know, whatever blocks have like, often come about as being little protectors and now we don't necessarily require them to work in that way anymore. Is mm -hmm. that something that you agree with? Absolutely. 
Um, my, my biggest belief in the body, which given my history is actually like a giant leap because I don't have like, you know, I just, I don't have that like perfect experience of like living in a body that has, has never hurt or has my, my experience in my body is that it was always painful, always kind of dissociated until I almost like had to form a relationship with it. And so this body of work has grown out of that and my own exploration. And it has led me to sort of this like keystone belief that my body's always working for me. Ooh. So, okay. So how was like, you mentioned just then that this came from your own, like this grew from you wishing to and setting about establishing your own relationship with your body and with yourself Mm -hmm. how and like but how does like talk us through how that started to get to this point because it's just phenomenal like was this like these the way that you see things is that always something that you were able to do or did you start meditating and then realize that this is something that you could see or connect with other people or how did that come about and you realize that this was actually really profound yeah, a lot of practice and guidance. It is not something I could always do. I'm not one of those people that was like seeing things as a child, or at least I don't remember that. So we'll put that caveat in there. Um, because I had like CPTSD, birth trauma whenever I was born, um, like basically to the point that they didn't think I was going to live past three days. I was baptized. Um, a whole lot of stuff kind of went down, but I am here, right? Like (laughs) I kept choosing to incarnate day after day (laughs) to get me here, but it did lead to me basically not really ever feeling safe or comfortable in a body. So anything I learned how to do, whether it was like playing soccer or dancing or whatever, it's like, I really had to train almost like the brain and the body separately. They never really felt integrated to the point that I felt that I was present. It's like, I always kind of felt slightly outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, led to a lot of behaviors around trying to control what was going to happen and <laughs> give myself a five-year plan. So I knew exactly what was coming. Like there was a lot of stuff kind of all wrapped up in that. And it kind of came to a head basically when I had my twins, I was 27. Um, perfect Saturn return time for anyone who's into astrology. (laughs) And it was essentially the birth I never wanted to have, right? Like controlling, planning, like I wanted this very peaceful experience at home, hypnobirthing, all of that. Um, And it turned into an emergency cesarean section, which kind of doubled back re-traumatized postpartum PTSD then. And that actually set me on like the healing path. Like that was sort of my awakening moment. If we want to put it that way, I don't use that term a whole lot, but that was what like changed the trajectory of my life in like a complete 180. So after that, I started going to someone who um, was an Ayurvedic practitioner and a Reiki master. And every time she would work on me, to help, you know, sort of balance energetically what I was feeling in my body. She would basically tell me like, you're meant to be doing this. Like this is every time I tune into you, like this is, this is something like you are supposed to be working with energy. 
Like, I feel like what you can do far surpasses what I can do. And I was kind of like, I've never done it before. I don't even know where to start. What do I do here? And so she set me up with the person who trained her. Mm -hmm. I did the Reiki, like one, two, three master um, trainings. And as I was practicing, as I was working with people, the feedback I kept getting was like, what you're doing isn't actually Reiki. It's like I learned how to do it and then immediately went kind of off the rails in my own direction. Um, (laughs) I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I was just, I was seeing bones. And so I was just working with the energy of what I was seeing. And, you know, in the background, there was a whole lot of like, am I actually any good at this? I'm not seeing what I'm supposed to be seeing. How do I know that this is real? You know, all of that stuff that comes with like, like you said in the beginning, doing something that you don't really see anybody else doing. So I found some really beautiful mentors that helped me tap into that, that helped me practice um, back when there were still I was still in Facebook groups. I'm off Facebook now, but back when I was still in that, um, you know, I would just ask people if they wanted free sessions in exchange for like, please tell me how this felt to you. What did you experience? What was this like? Um, and it, it grew from there. You know, it went from the bones to being able to see then the muscles to being able to see the fluids. And it's like, I just started to see the architecture build and understand what it was. And the more I trusted it, the more I could see and the more potent it became. And um, yeah, that kind of brings us to today. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. I love seeing people in their power and having conversations with people who like are living alongside and within their gift. I just think it's so profound and so cool. Um, Okay, so talk to me about these six realms. I know that you just dove into them a little bit. Mm -hmm. You like how they, they all, I mean, that's probably a whole other podcast to go into, but it's ginormous. And I know that you've like dove into bones even more so with your Oracle deck, which I also want to speak on. But what sort of things, like, I guess, would we be experiencing for each of the realms if you could, or I mean, that's just like not a quick question, I guess, but what sort of areas do each impact within the body, if that makes yeah. sense? And a couple I, of- can, I can answer it pretty briefly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so with the bones, Mm-hmm. We're really working on like the foundational things. These are inner child things. These are generational ancestral things in the pelvis. These are what we identify as like core wounds and um, like lineage trauma and sort of like things that are extremely deeply embedded in the makeup of who we are based off of like having incarnated into the family that we are in and the way that we were raised. Um, But they're not things that we can't work with. You know, this is actually where a lot of the most profound work comes from because we're unwinding like the most deeply held stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So whenever we then kind of And I'll speak to these in like a linear manner, but they're not really linear at all. I consider them to be decentralized and that none of them is more important than the other one, but we'll kind of go in quote unquote order here. (laughs) So the muscle realm then is 
almost quite literally what you do with that. Like it is the next realm up that basically connects side by side to the bone in a very physical way. So when we shift anything in our foundations, it then begins to flow up into the muscle. And it is literally how we move through life, how we move with the information that we are working from, with the energy that we are working from. And so this is a lot of relational stuff. So it's a lot of attachment theory stuff, like quite physically the attachment of the tendons and the ligaments, but then also attachment theory, like am I securely attached? How do I feel about resources? Am I anxious? Am I avoidant? Um, all of those things kind of go into then how the energy flows into the muscles. We work with it consciously. We work with it unconsciously. Um, and as we kind of progress and work through the muscle realm, essentially we're working out stuff with resources. Mm -hmm. So how we then like use and flow our energy in this world. And a resource basically is anything that supports us. It's not necessarily like um, just a commodity, right? Mm -hmm. So how we are in community as like with community as a resource, how we are with money, with like money and abundance as a resource. So all of those things are very like muscle realm things. Um, and that's actually where I think we work with them best. But as you can kind of see, as this is building, right, we have foundational patterns around community, around money, around how we treat the earth. And so as we release the foundational stuff, obviously it's going to start coming up into the muscle and we're going to get a chance to then relate to things differently and have a different relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So we kind of move into fluid and flow. And this is a lot of sort of like structure and capacity work. So um, when things start to move through the muscle realm, it's almost like it begins to like reset the structure around how we can flow, the capacity that we have. And capacity within the fluid realm is actually not a volume issue. What? It's an energetic issue. It's like how we hold something, not the amount of something that we can hold. And I know that sounds a little bit weird because we talk about growing capacity. And from an energetic perspective and in the fluid realm, it's not that we have like infinite capacity that we can just keep growing and growing and growing our capacity and flowing more and more and more. We just flow different. And that's where like the structural change comes in. So it's like, say if we take the idea of community, right? We change a foundational pattern around how we are in community. We change how we are in relationship to community. Therefore our like capacity of being in community is just very different. Whereas like before we may have entered into community with like an expectation of I have to behave a certain way. I have to be the person that leads. I have to be the person that does this thing. When the structure around that changes, the way we flow in community changes and our capacity to be in community changes. Does that make any sense? Absolutely so, it does. Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm explaining it in a way that um, is kind of easy to pick up. Absolutely. I think so. It's just mind blowing that like we all know that there's that book as well that's getting around at the moment, The Body Holds Score, but we mm -hmm. all know that our bodies like holds infinite wisdom or most people do. And I'm guessing that anyone who's listening to this would have, you know, cottoned on to that 
um, aspect for sure. But to hear how it potentially, and Louise Hay, she's been speaking about it for eons, well, mm-hmm. rest in peace, but um, she, you know, like um, You Can Heal Your Life was one of the first books that I ever read in terms of personal development and self-inquiry. So to hear it on an even more structural level is fascinating to me. So yeah, please keep going. Like I'm picking up what you're putting down. I mean, okay. I'm still like, like dunk like a deer in the headlights a little bit, but I'm definitely on board. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then we move into the organ realm and this is sort of like how we feel about everything. This is, all, it's, it's sort of like our leap into the intangible. Whereas like bone to me is very like foundational things feel very tangible. Like we know what those feel like, um, like how we move with things in community. Those are also very like tangible or like how we move with things in general, um, resources, relationships. Those are very tangible to me. But when we start getting into like organ rhythm and emotion, these are feelings and they're very intangible and there are things that tend to be uncomfortable but there's this how do I put this um there's sort of this really interesting way that they actually seem to work in the body in that I don't see emotions arising like from the body within the body it's almost like I see emotions kind of come to us, like we draw them to us in order to like sort of work out a piece that we need to do. And then it's like they, they leave again. <laughs> so it's like if there's kind of like this pocket of grief or something that or like a pocket of energy, I'll say that, um, you know, grief kind of comes and visits and we release it through that like emotional mechanism. And then it's like it kind of releases again or like joy visits or you know sadness visits or you know any of those things it's like I almost kind of see them come to us in order to help us move energy oh Uh, so good sorry keep going I'm like oh the emotion the idea and the notion of emotions visiting and coming to us to help us like just gives me goosebumps I love that (laughs) it whenever I started seeing that or understanding what I was seeing I was like oh my gosh like I just completely changed the way I relate to emotions (laughs) you know now I can actually say like thank you for visiting me I you know I really I can see how I needed that to you know and so obviously then whenever we don't allow them to express we kind of trap that piece of energy deep inside and that's when it starts to become entangled right whenever we don't let you know, the emotion and the organ realm do its thing. And so the reason this is part of the organ realm, or I see it that way, is because each one has its job and its own separate function, but together they're almost like an ecosystem. So we need them all. And they're all kind of interrelated and they kind of function together. But the, you know, the stomach does not necessarily, like it's not trying to like overreach and like do the job of the heart right? Like the pancreas is not trying to do the job of the lungs. They all function very separately. And yet we need all of them in order to have like, well, I can't say all of them. There are (laughs) the appendix, but anyway. (laughs) Oh, the weakest one. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) 
but they all have a functionality that is like separate and yet interconnected and emotions are very much the same way in the way that I see them. Like they come and they visit and they do their job. And also they are very interconnected to the other emotions that help us to work with our energy. So nervous system and frequency is again, kind of getting very, very intangible here, but it's also one that impacts the other realms in a very big way because of that sort of entanglement process. And it's, how do I put this? So I see the nervous system actually in greater detail than I see any other realm, which is kind of fascinating to me. It looks like an electrical system whenever I'm looking at it in the body. So it's like, I can kind of almost start at the brainstem and like kind of send a, like a pulse of current or like a pulse of light almost down through the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And we can sort of trace it like a, almost like watching a tracer die. And I will see how it moves through the nervous system. And so I will see if it looks like it's connecting where it looks like it's stopping, where it looks like it's dimming down. Um, And so what happens is whenever our nervous system kind of begins to overcompensate or get really energetically sort of involved in other areas of the body, Mm -hmm. those are the things that I see as being like triggers, essentially. Happens a lot in the bone realm and the stuff in the bone realm tends to be very quote unquote triggering, inner child stuff, core wound stuff, generational stuff. So it's almost like the nervous system kind of, it looks like it almost like grows extra synapses. I know physically it is not, but like energetically, that's what it looks like to me is it's like putting out extra little feeler roots in that area and kind of really taking care of it so that it's like the minute something touches that piece in the foundation or that piece in the muscle, the nervous system's on high alert. And so a lot of us that kind of spend time (laughs) never really coming down into regulation, feeling like that we are in fight or flight or freeze kind of constantly, our nervous systems tend to be doing this. They tend to be overcompensating for the other realms in our body that are not able to kind of work things out. So it's like a, it's just, to me, it's kind of like just this frequency messenger But it's also where I see our soul kind of conduit connecting. I see it kind of coming down and basically going straight into the central nervous system, into the um, central energy column. And when our nervous system is so concerned with overcompensation, with kind of taking over the job of some of the other realms, it makes it so much harder and like muddier to hear what our soul is actually saying because it's it's like the nervous system isn't actually doing what it wants to do it's doing like the job of something else so Um, it's always kind of feeling triggered yes (laughs) i can relate to that a little bit um oh my goodness i'm in all sorts of physical health issues at the moment i'm like oh my god i'm like that's why my knee perhaps that's why my ankle perhaps it's like (laughs) Yes. Amazing. Um, wow. So it's like, an, like a, you can see it like an electrical circuit. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And then basically we just kind of end and or start again at the DNA, which is on one hand, like the most micro piece of us that we can work at 
-hmm. And on the other hand, it is so embedded in every single one of the other realms that as they shift, the DNA shifts, like it can't help but not shifting, right? And so it's almost always kind of keeping this record of what's going on everywhere in the body at the micro level. And then essentially the way I see it is like, we just keep going in and in and in. And before we know it, we're actually at like the macro level where we're seeing the connection of us to everything else, which is the connection of the quantum. So it's um, in the DNA realm, all I see is like dot points. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like looking at pixels um, and looking at where like pixels are really kind of tight or where they're disturbed or where it looks like there's like a run in a pantyhose almost is sort of how it'll look sometimes. And I'm really just wanting to look at that level and make sure that everything um, is coherent. And whenever the DNA realm is coherent, it sort of locks in that feeling that we get or people talk about sometimes as like a quantum leap. It's sort of like just that next level, right? As everything comes into coherence within the energy of the body, it then kind of locks it in and translates it out to the macro, to the everything, to the like all that we are connected to sort of thing, which is then you know, what allows us to be open to all of those things coming back to us. Oh, crazy. It's crazy and amazing, like in the best possible way, how everything is so interconnected and linked. And it's like, you know, everything's like, it has a ripple and a flow on effect. Like, you know, I've spoken about it a few times, I'm sure on here that we are often, there's tiles and all these Instagram things and like flying quotes all over the place where it's like get the inside right and the outside falls into place. And it's like, that makes me cringe every time because it's got to be a harmonious marriage of both. It's got to be the inside and the external. And in terms of like our physical and cellular body, it can't just be like, you know, if you're say you're doing all the things like in terms of like, you're moving your body in this way and you're doing that and whatever, you've got to look at the whole picture, like how things are manifesting and showing up for you within your body and honoring that this, like, it, it's not just a one, like do this and this will be the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all like a beautiful um, woven tapestry. Of, yeah. Yeah. Craziness. That's why I love, I like, I honestly, I have a love affair with my work. I love the realm so much because it's not one thing is more important. It's, you know, it's all of these things are really important and we have to make sure we're working in the relational aspect and in the foundational aspect and in the flow aspect. And it's like, we don't work on all of them at the same time, but they kind of help to guide us as to like what is coming up and when. Like our body will kind of give us the signal if it's, you know, time to go into the foundations in the bone, or if we're looking at something that is more muscular, or if it's a flow issue, or if it's an emotional piece. And if we just follow the lead of the body, which is essentially what I teach (laughs) at the most basic level, it is follow the lead of your body. Um, We don't have to worry about like, what am I doing next? Or what do I want? Or what do I need to make happen? Because it all sort of just works itself out. Like if you just follow what's coming up. Okay. So 
all of this, like as much as we've spoken about your amazing skill and your gift, you are also empowering people to be able to intuit, you know, what it is that they need and learn their own body and understand what is coming up for them. Like you're, you're really empowering in that way and the way that you educate people. One of the things that I see that you're doing to support that is with the bones, you've created these amazing, which are stunning, by the way, watching the process unfold like I have, um, of these bone oracle cards. Mm -hmm. Like, how can we work with those? Because obviously people can go to your website or your Instagram page and they can purchase them. Once we get them, what do we do with them? (laughs) it's such a good question um and that's actually something that i put in the guidebook because that's what i was afraid of people doing is like buying this because it's pretty or buying it because it sounds cool and then getting it and being like well i don't know what to do with it so then it becomes just like a thing that's tucked on the shelf you know and it doesn't actually serve its purpose so i do go into that a bit in the guidebook and i kind of talk about like okay we can pull a card a day And you can kind of meditate on like what the message of the card is, Mm -hmm. or you can kind of search the guidebook for like, you know what, my right foot has been killing me for two months. Like what is going on in the right foot and pop to that card and look at like how it talks about activating and what that means. And then, you know, begin to go into like, okay, what am I activating? How am I activating? Am I forcing something? Am I stopping myself from doing something? So it's almost like just some pointed self-inquiry you know, some like body directed self-inquiry at a very basic level, almost like parts work, um, which talks about like this part of me, this part of me, like this part of me is saying this thing, this part of me is driving, this other part of me is kind of like hidden in the shadowy areas. It's sort of like that but for your bones. So you're pooling and you're having a conversation with that part of yourself. And so I talk through like having a journal practice with it, or um, there are some spreads in the guidebook that can help you kind of tune into some other things in like a deeper way, like what's happening at a microcosm versus a macrocosm. Like, what am I actually being, what do I need to look at? Um, But one of my favorite things actually that's in the guidebook, and then I just did a whole workshop on this, is I start to use the cards to teach the cycle of communication with your body. And this is sort of that foundational practice that I was like, (laughs) at the most basic thing, I want people to be able to listen to their body. And it's really this entrance into conversation and communication with your body in a way that is not leading with expectation. So if you draw a card, what the cycle of communication is going to ask you to do is to look at what bone that relates to, look at what bone came up, kind of sit with yourself, go into meditation. If you want to lay down, you know, just kind of notice it while you're walking, whatever it is you want to do and notice it first. What does that feel like? Do I notice anything there? Can I even notice this part of my body? Because that's a huge indicator first and foremost, like, can I notice it? What do I feel? And then when you begin to feel something, you notice what you notice, you understand like what it feels like, you expand. And basically you give it permission to take up space. 
Because one of the first things we do with our body when something is uncomfortable is we ask it to be smaller or we ask it to go away. And essentially what that does is it creates those little like string lines that we end up needing to unwind. (laughs) I'm falling apart. Okay. So that is fascinating. And I've never thought of, you know, using the physical body in terms of like, obviously with emotions and I work a lot with clients with their, their emotional selves and we always invite pain in and Mm -hmm. and ask it you know, like have that beautiful curiosity with it. You know, like we want to, we want to learn from it. Why is this coming up for me? I haven't ever actually thought, like obviously I knew that what was going on with my chest and my heart space was, you know, obviously there was emotional component there, but it was also more, it felt so visceral. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never thought of asking like my knee, what's up? (laughs) Why? Why? are we turning on me right now? Like, but obviously it's not turning on me. It's sending me a message of some sort. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can really do that same process that you're talking about with emotions, with the body. That's essentially what the cycle of communication is. Expand it, let it take up space. And then we get curious with it. What are you showing me? What do I need to know? How can I support you? Um, You know, and it, oftentimes <laughs> we'll come back with like really weird things or it will feel very trivial or you're going to kind of question yourself and be like, did I actually hear that? Why am I doing this? Like this Every doesn't day. Make any sense. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the more you do it, the more you trust it, the more you take action on it, then it's like the bigger things start to show up. Because it's almost like building trust with the body that it's like, oh, cool. Okay. I said, I wanted to go for a walk today and she went for a walk today. <laughs> so tomorrow, maybe I want to do this thing. Will she do that too? Oh. And before you know it, like you're really in this very open and trusting and compassionate relationship with your body um, in a way that lets its wisdom come forward. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, I know that we were speaking about this before. You have created something amazing and you're wishing like to gift it to this amazing community here. Can we talk about what you've created around your Bone Deep self-care book? Yes. So I put together this PDF that really helps to intuit and understand and essentially like shortcut (laughs) the guesswork around self-care because it's, it's one of those things where I don't know about you, Katie, I tend to get into like, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit for the most part. And I get into self-care like ruts (laughs) or habits or patterns where I just assume that because something worked yesterday, it's also going to work today and it's going to work the next day. And the more I listened to the bones and the foundational parts and was like really understanding what they wanted, I, I kind of understood that it's like, oh, wait, this needs to be something that I listen about as well. You know, I can't just be like, oh, great. I hear you. My body hurts. I'm going to take a bath because that's not always what it needs. Like it may have actually needed to move, <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah. I'm just going to go sit you down and you're going to be still for 45 minutes. Um, So it's a 
PDF that walks you through the pathways in the bones, which are both legs, both arms, and both orbital sockets. So kind of where the, the, the bony structures around the eyes, basically what holds the eyeball in place. And they each have like kind of a purpose, a name, um, something that they do for bringing energy to us and away from us. So our left orbital socket is for informing. So we're kind of understanding like, what am I seeing? Where is information coming from? The right orbital socket is for visioning. The left arm is for receiving. The right arm is for giving. The left leg is for supporting. The right leg is for activating. And this is true whether, like, no matter which hand you are, the energy flow switches, but the actual, like, name, frequency, um, orientation of the pathway does not. So it, there's a little bit of a tricky piece there. I talk about it in the PDF. Whoa. But it walks you through actually tuning into those pathways and understanding which one is speaking up. Like, what am I sensing in this pathway and what does it need? So it begins to start that conversation. So, um, you know, we might actually be understanding like, oh, shoot, it's actually my left leg that's speaking up right now. So I need self-care that feels really supporting and really nourishing. Or it might be my right arm that's speaking up. The giving pathway might be speaking up. So like my self-care might actually be connecting with somebody else and like giving something like of myself, like giving some of my energy to this thing. Like that might be the most nourishing thing right now. So it kind of... um breaks down a what our idea of self-care really is you know really it's just the way we care for our body our psyche our emotions our energy our our beingness ourself um in a way that is is generative right that actually helps us feel cared for after we've done the thing and not just like well i took a bath and i don't feel better Yes. Well, I just, I love that because I'm actually going to put my hand up for that as well because (laughs) that's so true because what works one day and will not necessarily work the next. And sometimes, you know, what we're, you know, thinking that we're actually doing to support ourselves might be, you know, having the polar opposite effect. And Mm -hmm. it's funny that you mentioned that because usually my go-to every day is movement, movement, movement that helps me. But this morning I just don't like, because everything is flat up. It's like, no, you need to sit. Like, is also, then it's a battle of wills. It's my mind and my body are not communicating. Um, like, well, they are communicating. They're just not happy with each other. (laughs) They're communicating all the time. They just don't like what each other is saying. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we could dance around that for till the cows come home, but that's so crazy. And so how will this, how, how do we get that? How do, will I put it in the show notes? Do you think that you think that would I, be okay? I can give you a link to put in the show notes. Okay. Um, I will also make sure that it is easily accessible from just the homepage of my website yeah. so that you can find the bone, the bone deep self-care PDF and you can, you know, kind of just get that straight to your inbox. Ashley, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? Like, cause I know that you're going to have a bunch of people going, I need to know more. So where can people <laughs> find you? How can they work with you? Do you have any offers? I know that you've just launched the cards. Um, talk mm-hmm. through what's happening for you in that world and where are, where are you? 
Yes. So the main place to be able to find me and kind of find all of these different bits and pieces and kind of, you know, wander down whatever path it is that interested you is on my website. So ashleystinson.com. Um, and there's, oh my goodness, there's self-paced courses. I'm running a program live right now for the bones, which will become self-paced whenever it completes in, um, the beginning of April, there's the body language workshop, which I kind of began to talk about a little bit there. Whenever we were talking about the cycle Mm -hmm. of communication, that's the workshop for that. Um, you can find the Oracle cards there. So all sorts of goodies. There's the Bone Deep Self-Care PDF. There's also another PDF, which I call the journey back to your body. And it kind of just one page, single sheet, really easy little um, things that you can do in each realm whenever you have completely like dissociated or disconnected and want to come back. So um, just a really simple little journey there, but also really impactful. So that is on my website. Um, the only other place that I really hang out is Instagram. Um, I live a very simple life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and it's where I do a lot of, um, sort of, I guess, observational teaching. I don't really show up there with like the intention to teach. I show up with the intention to observe. And a lot of times it's observing either what's going on in my body or kind of what I'm seeing, um, happen as like sort of a collective thing, or if I'm studying the fluid realm, which is what I call it whenever I'm just essentially poking around in energy and looking at the connections and trying to understand things deeper. Like there might be a whole bunch of posts in a row there about like the fluid realm. And it's like a little, you know, mini journey to go through for those. So all of that is on Instagram. Thank you so much for offering so much of your wisdom and insight for us today. Like, I don't know anyone who wouldn't get something out of that. Um, (laughs) Like, phenomenal, Ashley. I really, really appreciate it. And I definitely encourage everyone to go and check out Ashley's website. Get Bone Deep Self-Care for yourself. Like, you cannot go wrong with that. It's a beautiful gift. And thank you so much for offering it to everyone and for your time today. Oh, you're so welcome. I, um, I don't know. I'm the luckiest person. I could talk about it forever. Right. And I get to do it for a job. So we're very lucky and grateful. I'm very grateful that you exist. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. The same to you, of course.